his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Let's welcome John Hancock and Michael Kelly into the program. Gentlemen, how are you doing this morning? Doing great. Michael? I'm fabulous. All right. Good to hear. Good to hear. Well, let's talk about some things that are going on in the world. We have, of course, President Biden is in Asia, and he responded to a possible another missile test by Korea, North Korea, and is talking about other things with our Asian partners. Uh, John Hancock, what are, your, what are your thoughts on this trip? Yeah, you know, this is an important trip that's not really getting the attention it deserves, Brian. Uh, one of the main objectives over there is establishing a framework for an economic partnership with our Asian allies. You'll remember that the Bush administration and the Obama administration both pursued a trans-Pacific partnership trade agreement. Uh, Donald Trump uh, stepped out, away from that. He was supported in that by Bernie Sanders. And I think that was a, a mistake. And because, because our our chief enemy in this world is China and the United States foreign policy, in my opinion, has has focused too much on the middle East to the exclusion of the Chinese threat. I thought the trans Pacific partnership made a lot of sense. China wasn't in it and it was an attempt to develop and build economic strengths with the U S and those other Asian countries. I think president Biden's on the right track here. Uh, Michael Kelly, I would assume you agree. Well, isn't that encouraging? And, and thanks to John for uh, recognizing what uh, makes some sense. Look, uh, throughout this pandemic and supply side shortage, we have seen what uh, not having good relationships in the world can cause us. So uh, kudos to Joe Biden and his administration for what they're doing. Now, you know, with our inflation situation, the way it is, our supply chain issues and that type of thing, Michael, do you think a tighter relationship with our Asian allies could help in that? Or is that kind of is this more of a long term? We won't see the fruits of it for a little while. I think it's both. I think it's immediate in the sense that uh, look no further than what we're dealing with, with shortages, et cetera. And long term, I mean, this is the world we live in uh, and uh, getting products from and to uh, places around the globe are essential. Yeah, John, do you think this could help with the the supply chain issues and inflation? Well, the key to this whole series of meetings is going to be India. Uh, India has not been particularly helpful in dealing with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And it remains to be seen whether India would be part of some kind of trans-Pacific economic relationship, if they are, given the size of their economy and and what that country is doing and the growth they're seeing and the wealth they're creating, that could be, you know, not short term, but certainly 
that would put us in a much stronger geopolitical position as it relates to China. India is really the key here. Talking about Ukraine, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley was one of those who voted against additional aid to Ukraine this week. He says the money should be spent here domestically. Uh, what do you think of that, John? Well, there's a, there's a split in the Republican Party as it relates to foreign policy. And Josh Hawley, Rand Paul, and a lot of other people think that the, the U.S. is too invested in, uh, in foreign conflicts to the detriment of our domestic economy. I disagree with that, but it's a legitimate policy position. I think that, and I was gratified to see that the, most of the Republican senators voted for the aid. I think Ukraine prevailing in this war is extremely important to our national security and the stability of NATO. And Michael Kelly, your thought on Hawley's no vote on the $40 billion in aid? I don't believe it to be genuine. Um, uh, Josh Hawley has opposed everything this administration's brought forward, even like menial folks to appointments. He's one of the few senators who opposes everything this administration does. And I think it's uh, the, the scary part here is, is this where we're headed politics wise, that if your president's not there, you're not going to do what's right. Uh, it was interesting that yesterday Russia came out with a list of over 500 Americans who are no longer to, allowed to go to uh, Russia. And, of course, it lists everybody from Joe Biden to Kamala Harris to every member of the Missouri congressional delegation, with the exception of one, Josh Hawley. Enough said. When you're on the side of Vladimir Putin, you're on the wrong side of history. John, what do you think of that list and, and Hawley's exclusion from it? Also, I believe former President Trump's not on that list. Yeah, well, I mean, who wants to go to Moscow? You know, uh, but I do think Holly's position on this is sincere. I mean, he he has he is of that school in the Republican Party that believes that we're too entangled in foreign uh, conflicts, and and I don't think he's just making that up. That's that's his position, and and he's it's shared by a lot of people. Former President Trump, along with some members of his administration, have appeared at the CPAC or will appear at the CPAC meeting, which interestingly is in Hungary. John, what's that about? Well, I, I think calling it, I, I think somebody needs to change the C in CPAC. Uh, you know, the, Hungary's uh, leader, uh, Orban, is a, you know, he's a nationalistic populist, and not unlike Donald Trump. And there's a lot of support for that in the Republican Party. But it's hardly conservative, at least in the classical sense that we understood conservatism to be just 10 years ago and has been for the last 60 years. So, you know, they're, they're, look, the, the Republican Party has taken a, a, a turn towards populism uh, which is the prerogative of the Republican voters to make those choices, uh, but it's hardly conservative. Yeah, Michael, one of the uh, journalists who is speaking at CPAC called Jews stinking excrement, and he is speaking at CPAC in Hungary. Michael, what do you make of the, the meeting there? Well, they're doing it in broad daylight. They're showing you that they're not about conservative values. They're about this populism and authoritarianism. I mean, Hungary, of all places, this is where the the Republican right is going to rally uh, folks to uh, uh, listen to their uh, point of view. It's really quite dangerous. And uh, I think long term, um, it's one thing for us to sit here and hand ring about what's going on inside the Republican Party. It's another thing for us to step up and say this is wrong. And I'm hopeful that that's going to start soon.
All right, we had some more primaries in the past week, have more primaries to come. Last week, Madison Cawthorn lost in North Carolina. Dr. Oz is in a tight race in Pennsylvania. Doug Mastriano wins the GOP Pennsylvania governor primary. And there are primaries to come this week, in particular in Georgia. Uh, Michael, we'll start with you. Your thoughts on the primary results and what's to come? Well, the primary results have been a mixed bag, right, for the Republicans in this new conservative movement. Uh, Donald Trump playing the role that most former presidents don't do, which is to get involved in politics after they leave the White House, has chosen to make endorsements. He's he's won about half of those. Uh, so there's clearly uh, momentum inside the Republican Party for the message of, of Donald Trump. I thought the most interesting election last week, with the exception of the whole Dr. Oz fiasco, which, by the way, it's interesting, it's going to come down to mail-in ballots. Isn't that ironic? Um was the Madison Cawthorn loss. Um, and it was impressive to watch his own party annihilate him. And isn't that great that we can see the Republicans have the ability to stand up to nuttiness inside their party. Unfortunately, this came only when Madison Cawthorn accused the Republican Party leadership of being involved in co- cocaine-filled orgies. Uh, but they stood up, they eliminated him. I wish they would do the same thing uh, to people who are insurrectionists. As we look to Georgia, this is interesting. You'll remember Donald Trump has targeted Governor Kemp uh, throughout the last two years. Uh, I think he may pay it, pull it off and hopefully embarrass Donald Trump. And John Hancock, your thoughts on what happened and what's to come? Well, I know we're short on time. What I find most interesting about all of this is that where you've had multi-candidate primaries, three, four, five legitimate candidates on the Republican side, the Trump candidate almost always wins. When it's a binary choice, as Cawthorn was, as, as the Kemp race is going to be in Georgia, uh, the Trump candidate generally has lost. And what that tells me is that there's a solid 35% of Republican voters that are going to vote for a Trump candidate, but I don't think that number approaches 50 or 55. So when you get into the general election, if the Republican only got a third of the support from his own party or her own party, what does that mean in the general election, John? Well, we don't know. Uh, The question is, do Republicans come home? And that's on both sides of the equation. So if a a pro-Trump candidate is the nominee, do the other Republicans support them in November? And on the other hand, if the more establishment candidate is the nominee, do the Trump voters support them in the November election? That we don't know yet. And that's going to be really interesting to see. That it will. Always interesting to hear from John Hancock and Michael Kelly. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Have a great Sunday. CBK partner. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, Mom and Dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 